Mad Dog, where you got the Dusty Roses, there's only one Dusty Roses. You got the wildfires, there's only one wildfire. So I can understand where they're coming from. But you know, you people right now are looking at the best the World Championship has to offer. When I say that, I mean the best in the world today. You got the Dusty Roses, the Tommy Riches, the Pistol Pez Watleys, the number twos. You got the snake coming up in the world. You got everything going on. You got Paul Ellery. A lot of things going on. You know, my life is full of mysteries. Do I denote uh, a little bit of uh, tension here? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit of tension. A lot of you people out there know what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is Buzz Sawyer being the greatest in the world. What I'm talking about is what I've always been. Here's the commercial. South Connection. Welcome to another episode of Territorial. I am your host, Sean Kidd. And tonight we are back with another feud moment, um, whatever you want to call it, from the history of its wrestling territories. Um, some of these that we've been doing have been well-known, some not so known, uh, but I've really enjoyed this journey so far on the five that we've done. So tonight, um, as I said on our last podcast, uh, where our topic was Ric Flair and Jerry Lawler and uh, Flair's only appearance on Memphis TV, we are going back to 1983, and we are going back to Georgia Championship Wrestling. And I think the tease that I left you guys with that um, is a pretty famous feud um, that had come to an end. But what we're going to talk about tonight is the feud that ended, but where it went from there and not as often talked about when I'm referring to uh, the Battle of Atlanta. So if we just want to go through this first, this is really going to be about Buzz Sawyer tonight. Um Actually, Buzz Sawyer, his family, where it goes, just a whole thing that spun out of the Battle of Atlanta. So it's just a little bit about Buzz for me. He's kind of been one of my always favorite wrestlers. He's underrated good, I think, as a wrestler. Uh, my first real exposure to him was, if I want to look at it from a really kind of seen him regularly standpoint, was when he joined Gary Hart's Crusade against the Horsemen in early 1990, uh, when he was part of the Muda thing, the Dragon Master. Uh, then he was part of Sullivan's Slaughterhouse team, which I thought was really good. Him and Sullivan, uh, I really thought, had a really good thing going, and we'll talk about where that went um, as we get to the end of this show tonight. But over the years, um, as I've gotten to know him a little bit, I've gone back and I've looked at territories and things like that. I've really enjoyed his matches in Crockett, um, which we'll talk about later, uh, the exposure and what happened in Crockett. And then he also had some really good runs in World Class in Mid-South as well. So thought I would look you know, at early buzz. I haven't watched a whole lot of Georgia Championship Wrestling, but as I've been doing research for this pod, I mean, it's opened up a whole can of worms. And GCW is when I've always wanted to go back. Um, it is really kind of the, what do you want to say, the father figure, grandfather of what uh, Jim Crockett Promotions ended up being uh, what, that spun out of it in April of 85, which, again, cheap plug if you want to go look at the archives again. Uh, NWA Crock and Roll over on Place to Be Nation. Uh, we did 60 episodes where uh, I think we started in April 85 and we actually made it to the beginning of 1987. So that's where we ended. So you could kind of go back and hear that whole history. But we, we definitely kind of see a lot of correlation with GCW and Crockett as I was watching this. But let's kind of uh, 
talk about October 23rd, 1983. So Bud Sawyer and Tommy Rich have had, you know, really a great feud. And the Battle of Atlanta is really kind of a really famous uh, moment in time or night of wrestling or even the match is really, you hear, you hear about it all the time. So they ended their feud at G- GCW in that uh, Battle of Atlanta in a cage match that many consider kind of a turning point in both men's careers. Uh, but it was also the inspiration of what has now become really Hell in a Cell. Um, I did watch the match for the first time about two years ago. And I'm going to be honest with you, I found it to be slightly overrated compared to what most perceptions are about it, but it's still really solid. So I was curious as I was going back and I was looking at things, you know, what happened to Buzz from here? What happened to Tommy Rich? But it was more about Buzz for me um, because I really, you know, Buzz was always captivating for me. He was just, was always a wild man. He was really good in the ring, but I also know the history of Buzz Sawyer. I've read up, obviously, you know, he had, issues with drugs, uh, he had behavioral issues, and uh, didn't always make the best decisions. And everywhere he went seemed to have really, really short runs. So what happened after this isn't nearly as talked about as the Battle of Atlanta itself, but kind of give you some perspective. So both men were staples, Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer, were both staples of the Georgia area with Rich. Uh, he was a beloved babyface, and Buzz Sawyer, was, as a heel, was managed by precious Paul Ellering, um, who everybody knows in the end game managed the Road Warriors, which, by the way, he did here in 1983 as well. The Road Warriors only been around for a few months. Uh, but this feud with Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer lasted close to two years. After the Battle of Atlanta, which Rich won, uh, he would move on to feud with Ted DiBiase, um, going into this angle around him being masked and Mr. R. And I saw, kind of watched some of that, and I was like, eh. Um, but Buzz took a really interesting turn that, pretty much would run from October of 83 after the Battle of Atlanta until about January 84. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So the other piece of what we're going to talk about tonight, which has a lot of impact, Buzz's brother, Brett Wayne, was a babyface and went by the name Brett Wayne uh, because technically we weren't supposed to know at this point in time that Brett Sawyer was his brother. He was also the national heavyweight champion. Uh, he actually won that belt on September 25th, 1983 from Larry's Abisco. Uh, on the same card, Battle of Atlanta, uh, t- October 23rd, Jake Roberts, who had recently debuted for GCW, uh, was also managed by Paul Ellering, who also managed Brett Sawyer, challenged Brett for the national title. And again, this match took place before the Tommy Rich Buzz Sawyer match that same night. So I wanted to talk about this match because this is kind of this match kind of kicks off where we're going to go. So this is again on October 23rd, 1983 from the Omni, uh, same night as the Battle of Atlanta where Brett Sawyer was taking on Tommy Rich and it's Brett Wayne versus Jake Roberts for the national heavyweight title. So those of you that don't know much about Brett, Brett is very small from a wrestler standpoint, very stocky with the absolute ridiculous, ridiculous hair you'll ever see. Uh, I did first watch him in 1985 Crockett. Uh, again, and I told you I would talk about that later with uh, the Sawyers. But in that, I also went back and looked at some of his other stuff, too, because I'm like, okay, well, where, where does Brett Sawyer come from? Well, obviously, he was a big staple in Portland. And he had a two out of three falls match for the world title with him and Ric Flair. Uh, that was in Portland. That honestly shocked the hell out of me. So I kind of went into this open-minded because I know he's good in the ring. And the other piece of this is, who doesn't love Jake Roberts in the 80s? And I had not watched, to be perfectly honest, a whole lot of Jake Roberts uh, pre WWF, I've seen a little bit of Mid South. Uh, George GCW, I hadn't watched a whole lot of, uh, which I will now more based on what I come out of with this tonight. 
But Jake Roberts, I've always been fascinated about kind of his pre-WWF run, which is pretty infamous in what he's done. So we'll start the match. So Brett worked Jake's arm, then used it to lift Jake up and slam him and drop kick him. Brett gets lured into a test of strength, which seemed dumb <laughs> based on Sawyer being very, very short. And uh, Jake had a very big uh, height advantage. So really cool spot, though, where Brett pushed Jake to the corner and Jake tried to go to second rope for leverage. But Brett used it to flip over and get the upper advantage on the test of the strength. It was a really cool spot. Uh, Brett works Jake's arm. Jake escapes outside. And as Brett sticks his leg through the rope to go after him, Jake attacks the leg, which had previously been injured, and Jake attacks it with Brett's leg tied up in the ropes. So it was really good stuff in psychology here uh, by Jake with leg drops, wrapping a knee around his leg and pulling it, half crab, um, by pulling on the ropes, to name a few. Uh, Jake throws Brett to the floor, and then Brett has a great, has been great on the selling. Jake throws him head first into the table to drop some neck first on the guardrail, and then Brett is bleeding uh, as he gets back in the ring. Uh, Jake does a back suplex to him. Brett, again, though, will not give up as he fights back. But Jake is absolutely relentless on this leg. And now what's interesting is you see Buzz at ringside. And remember, back at this point in time, you know, Buzz is getting ready to go into this blood feud final match. And you're also not supposed to know that Buzz and Brent are actually brothers. Then Ole is out too. As he is playing up, he assumes Buzz is there to interfere for Jake as they are both in honoring stable. Uh, Jake is awesome, again, as a relentless heel destroying Brett's leg, just repeatedly dropping elbows on it. Ole finally throws in a towel to stop the match. And then Buzz stands outside conflicted pacing as the ref says, and this is really where it gets a little weird for me. The ref announces, says a title match. You can only win by pinfall or submission. And the first thing that came on mind is like, oh, well, wait, that must mean that uh, Bret Hart is uh, still, you know, the WWF champion uh, with the whole towel thing being uh, thrown in and Backlund winning the belt. But anyway, so the match is a no contest. Uh, Brett will retain for whatever reason. Um, and Brett even lunges at Jake after the match, even though he's hurt. So really good. So at the end of the match, though, this is where it's really interesting. Buzz, who, again, is a heel. Remember, he's going into this big blood feud match tonight with Tommy, Tommy Rich. He stares down Roberts in the aisle. Um, after his brother is beat down. And remember, Buzz and Jake both are managed by Paul Ellering. And then Brett is actually carried out of the ring. So this is really awesome stuff. Uh, Brett took like a real shit kicking and took it well. And Jake was savage on the limb work. This was like literally 20 minutes of a 24-minute match of Brett just getting destroyed. And a really good tease here with Buzz here at a house show before and he walked into the match of his life. I thought that, that was kind of nice foretelling of what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, easy three and a quarter for me. Um, I could probably go a little higher. Listen, I love great limb work. I love the stiffness. They were very stiff. Um, but it was a lot, a lot of Jake just kicking Brett's ass, and he was kind of helpless. Um, I could have gone higher, but the towel thing was a bit hokey for me. Uh, but still a really, really good match. So that'll go back to the clip you heard earlier um, when we entered the show. So you heard a clip of Buzz Sawyer doing an interview, uh, and they asked him, hey, it sounds like to me something to miss. He goes, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So Buzz in that interview kind of hinted that there might be a little dissension in uh, the world of Paul Ellering and his army uh, playing up something that is a miss. And yeah, the pot is definitely stirring. So I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, if you did not listen to the beginning of the pod, go back and listen to the interview at the start of this show that um, came out of this match that, you know, where Buzz and Jake had a stare off. He was at ringside kind of sets up the context of this whole show for the rest of the night. So a week later, after this whole thing happened, uh, we open up the uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling Show with Gordon and Ole discussing a visit they made to Tampa, which, again, I, what I really liked about this is 
they do this throughout this whole thing with this whole storyline we're about to tell is Gordon and Oli are kind of the narrators of the story as we do each episode of Georgia Championship Wrestling. And they're really strong narrators of what's going to happen with Buzz Sawyer. So let's take a listen to that interview from Oli and from uh, Gordon that we're talking about. and welcome again to World Championship Wrestling. And as we promised you last week, we do have the National Heavyweight Championship upcoming. One fall with a one-hour time limit. We do have standby matches in the event. The match does not go the entire hour, although, frankly, I can't help but feel that it's going to go an hour. I just have that uh, deep-down feeling. Let me bring in Ollie Anderson, see if I can't get his opinion on this. Uh, Brett Wayne defending his national title against the challenge of Jake the Snake Roberts. One fall with a one-hour time limit, and I have a hunch it may go the distance. Gordon, I don't know. We're looking at two very talented wrestlers. We're looking at a gutsy young kid, and we're looking at a guy that's got a few more uh, uh, years of experience. Without a question, it's going to be a very interesting match. No question about that, and it has uh, additional interest, too, from the standpoint uh, only flew down to uh, the Tampa Bay area this past week. And he and I uh, took a little trip that I found very revealing and very interesting. Well, we went to a hospital and we visited a woman uh, by the name of Mrs. Woyan, who, of course, like many millions of people all around the country, is very, very interested in what's happening here on television. And she has two sons of her own. And she told us uh, that uh, her older son left home when he was 16 years old and has kind of become uh, the black sheep of the family a little bit. And for that reason, uh, the other son... Uh, who she's very proud of, loves them both, and I think she said uh, has changed his name, and he now wrestles uh, under the name of Brett Wayne. He's our national champion, the man we're going to be seeing in the ring. Exactly, and it was a very, very interesting situation, a very revealing time with Mrs. Wayan. Uh, she's a lovely lady, and we certainly wish her the very, very best and a very, very speedy recovery. But, uh, well, I think most importantly right now is the fact that Brett's putting it all on the line here today. Well, he is, and of course, we're all going to be pulling uh, for Brett Wayne. We hope that uh, things go his way. And to his mother, Mrs. Wayne, out there, uh, the best to you. I understand that she's going to be released, uh, possibly. She may have been released yesterday, or she may be released, in fact, today. She's hoping to be in, uh, out in time to even attend the matches. Um, we want to wish her the best. We want to wish her son the best. And I think uh, our ring announcer's in the ring. Maybe we can get to that introduction. Let's go now. There was a whole lot of story in those two minutes you just heard from Ole and Gordon. Uh, you, They revealed they went to Tampa. Uh, they saw Bright Wayne's mom. She was in the hospital. They talked about a son who left home at 16. A lot of storyline narrative here, which I thought was really interesting. They also went on to talk about how tonight we have a match, a rematch from what the match we just talked about from the Omni. Where Brett Sawyer, well, Brett Wayne at the time, will be taking on Jake Roberts in a rematch for the National Heavyweight title. And by the way, Roberts won a tournament um, to actually challenge Brett live here on TV. So we're going to talk about that match. But what happens at the end of this match uh, is really a turn uh, that takes us uh, down a whole nother path. So to start, ref gives both men a rundown, which makes this kind of like a field big. Uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling has matches like this uh, where, you know, they have title matches. They've had a lot of history and a lot of big matches uh, in the studio confinement, very similar to Crockett, uh, where Crockett had some of those big matches um, in the studio, which are very historic. But anyway, uh, Jake gets control early, but uh, a nice drop kick by Brett on a reversal. Brett sinks in a tight headlock that Jake fights to escape. And when he does, 
uh, he gets a knee to the face. And then there's another long Brett's headlock spot. Jake hits a nice back suplex, but Brett hangs on to the head. Eventually, why Brett is still had a headlock on him on the mat, which was really interesting. Uh, Jake uses his height advantage to get his knee shoved in Brett's face to escape. But Brett hits a power slam and it takes it right back to the headlock. After more long headlock, Jake shoves Brett into a corner and out walks Buzz to watch at ringside. Uh, Jake beats up on Brett uh, while Paul Ellering and Buzz have words. And then Buzz is conflicted and paces at Jake's drops. Brett's stomach first over the top rope. So very similar, like in the Omni, where Buzz looks angst outside, doesn't know what to do. You're getting that same feel here in the studio. Uh, Ellering cheers, uh, which further cheers on Jake, which further aggravates Buzz. Uh, the beating continues. Paul pushes Brett. When he's laying on the ropes and Buzz gets in Ellering's face, uh, Jake hits an inverted atomic drop on Brett. Uh, Jake pummels Brett in the corner. As Ref pushes Jake back, Ellering hits Brett in the side. And Buzz grabs Paul and throws him to the floor. And we're going to let the audio take up from here on what happens the rest of the match. So Brett Sawyer, um, as you said, uh, a stunning turn of events, as Gordon said, uh, Brett Sawyer, or I'm sorry, Buzz Sawyer, uh, appears he's gone face. And so now we're left to wonder if you don't know at this point, um, if you agree between the lines based on the interview of Ole and Gordon going down to Tampa, I guess you could figure out who the 16 year old who left home is and who uh, the brothers are. So uh, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, there was a lot of headlock, but it was stiff. And the constant Paul interference and Jake just pummeling Brett. And Buzz finally jumping in was just simplistic booking at its absolute best. Uh, not nearly as good as the Omni match for me. Um, I would have liked commentary and Brett to have sold the leg story a little bit better coming out of the Omni show based on how savage the beating was. Um, I don't think they sold it well enough here uh, because his leg should have been absolutely wrecked. Uh, but I went roughly three stars off of this whole thing. So really two matches, solid matches between Brett Wayne and Jake Roberts uh, to kind of kick off this whole face turn of where we're seeing Buzz Sawyer go. So coming out of this match, uh, we have several interviews. So we're going to hear from Paul Ellering. We're going to hear from Jake Roberts. Uh, we're going to hit Brett. We're going to hear from Brett Wayne. And we're also going to hear from Ole. So let's take a look to all, listen to all those. Buzz Sawyer, you've let sentimentality cloud your mind. But that's no matter. Because I was going to get rid of you anyway. You see, you start to embarrass me. I got a new champion, Abdullah the Butcher, and with Jake the Snake. Everybody, including you, Tommy Rich, Pez Watley, Ronnie Garvin, and you, Big Mouth Ole Anderson, you're all going to feel the wrath of Precious Paul, and especially you, Buzz Sawyer. Time is a precious commodity, and it's not something that you have too much of. You, um... Well, I find that most interesting that uh, Abdullah the Butcher now in the camp of uh, Precious Paul Ellering. 
You know something, Tony? I don't know how many times it's going to happen that I go out into that ring and something comes up to save somebody, whether it's Ronnie Garvin, whether it's Brett Wayne, whether it's Ole Anderson, or you, Buzz Collier. Is somebody going to keep popping up at the wrong time just to follow what I'm doing? I don't think so, but I'll tell you something. I've got two title matches. That was one of them. i got another one coming. And you remember this. Ever since the beginning of the time, when the snake first came up the tree, you have a good old apple tree. They said he couldn't do it, but it was done. Here's a commercial word. And Ole Anderson uh, and I were just discussing, of course, uh, this previous stage. Guys, I know you mean well, and I know you care. Just come on home. You know, stay away from precious party. I know you mean well, and I know you're trying to do good. I know you're just trying to help me. Just come on home, Buzz. A very, very touching moment with uh, young Brett Wayne. I think that there's something maybe now that the people should know. It's something that we found out when we talked to Mrs. Wayne, who happens to be the mother of uh, uh, Brett Wayne. I'm sure that there are people that know about it. I've known about it for some time, as you have. Uh, the other son, the son that she was talking about, that we mentioned that had left home when he was 16 years old, uh, wrestled under another name, is uh, Buzz Sawyer. And uh, I, I think certainly if there was ever a time for a guy to make a change in his life, uh, this certainly would be it. Family. Family. How good was those series of interviews? So you got Paul Ellering. Uh, pretty random that, hey, Buzz just literally turned face, and there's Ellering already. He's got Abdul the Butcher in the wings. I always, it's amazing to me, like, uh, like in the Crockett, like Abdul would just randomly just show up to kind of be like the guy they're going to bring in just to beat the shit out of somebody. But for him to be laying in wait already, and Buzz just turned, and Ellering's like, oh, well, you know, I was planning to get rid of you anyway. And uh, by the way, here's Abdullah. Um, but so basically an easy match set up, you know, with Buzz turning and you're going to naturally have him face Abdullah who would hopefully take him out for Ellering. Uh, I love the frustrated Jake played into the narrative a little bit. You know, he's had two title matches now and he has not won. You heard Jake mention he's got two title matches and this is one of them. So when he came into the territory, one of the things they did in one of his pre-interviews, um, was he said he had contracts for two separate title matches one was with buzz uh brett for the national heavyweight title the other one uh would take him into a very well-remembered feud also at this time over the tv title uh national tv title that i'm pretty sure we will come back and cover one day on this pod because it's also a pretty famous uh feud that happened and that went on for months and months and months and months and months so we will definitely probably re-hit that one when it comes up uh so Jake will be moving on to different things outside of uh, Brett Wayne uh, at this point. Uh, and then Brett coming out and saying, hey, come on home, Buzz. Um, really said it all. Like, you know, we we, we just coming out and being that babyface state, please come home. Uh, and then Ole, really great here and ties it back to him talking about Brett's mom. And then we got the big reveal finally that they are brothers. And Ole and Gordon, like I said earlier, are both really, really good the narrators of this story and just leading directionally uh, kind of to kind of steer the path of where this is going. So where does this go next? So this takes us to the Omni, uh, November 6th, uh, 19, or I'm sorry, 1983. <coughs> and it's obviously Abdullah versus Buzz. Uh, well, here's the thing with Abdullah the Butcher. 
Uh, Abdullah's going to Abdullah. And he starts by sending Buzz into the chairs on the floor after Buzz attacks Paul. Um, Abdullah beats him up some more outside, then into the ring post head first, and we have blood. Uh, Buzz takes a shit kicking in and out of the ring. He then gets clothesline out of the ring. Uh, back in, Abdullah throws Buzz into the ropes, and Buzz clobbers him in the head with a foreign object. Then, he, and, you know, you're always going to have a foreign object with Abdullah. Uh, Buzz, that he uses it to grind Abdullah's head to the crowd approval. The crowd's going nuts for Buzz, by the way. They're all about this face turn. Then Abdullah hits Buzz with an object. The ref calls for the bell as Buzz keeps attacking. Um, Abdullah's head uh, with the object. Uh, both men are now bloody. They then keep fighting outside, including Buzz seeing Abdullah with the chair. Uh, they then fight back in the ring. Then they go into the crowd. Uh, Abdullah heads to the dressing room as Bud slides back into the ring wanting more. Uh, this was uh, all said 14 minutes. The match itself, uh, maybe five minutes. But they brawled literally for like <coughs> 14 minutes straight, bloody, uh, which is basically an Abdullah special. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a solid two and a half, I think, just from a f- fun brawl standpoint. <coughs> but really cool use of Abdullah the Butcher. Cool way to cement uh, Buzz Sawyer's face turn uh, without moving the narrative too far. So Buzz has gotten through his first official match as a face. On the same card that night, Brett teamed up with Dusty Rhodes versus the Road Warriors to a double DQ. Um, and he had to be saved by his brother because he got beat down by the Warriors and Buzz actually carried him the back. So um, it's a pretty good storytelling here. And uh, this will play into where we end this pod on when it comes to the Road Warriors. So more to come. So for here, we continue the journey of Buzz going full space as Buzz does an interview with Gordon uh, that we're going to play for you right now. In a uh, somewhat subdued Buzz Sawyer, but I say subdued only from the standpoint of his uh, speech mannerism, certainly not the intensity involved in uh, what has happened to Buzz Sawyer uh, in the past couple of weeks. And it has once again proven that uh, family does indeed become the strongest factor in our life. Let's go to that interview at this time. You know, over the years, I've seen a lot of great young athletes uh, move from the junior high school into the high school ranks and then on into the collegiate ranks and uh, then into uh, professional sports. And one man that I watched uh, several years ago with a great deal of interest was indeed Buzz Sawyer. As a young man who grew up in St. Petersburg, uh, went to the Nationals in amateur wrestling in uh, his high school years and uh, then became a professional of uh, first order, no question about that. Uh, As a matter of fact, the, uh, the pleasure at that time and the privilege of being on hand when this man had his very first professional wrestling match. And it was not too terribly long after that that Mr. Sawyer and I parted uh, philosophies, if you will, but it seems now that you certainly have uh, found the road back. Well, Gordon, a lot of things has happened, and uh, Brett Wayne is my brother. A lot of people might have known, and a lot of people might not have known. You know, it just brings back flashbacks whenever we were little kids, and we were growing up, and I'd watch him in his diapers, and you know, we'd play ball together. One time I threw a ball through a window, and my mom come out and whipped me, and it wasn't even me. But, you know, I watched him grow up through life, and I went through life with my family, and when I was 16 years old, I decided to leave my home, and I left my home. And after that point, I never got to see my brother much anymore. Then all of a sudden, he showed up on the scene here, coming from Portland, Oregon, I knew he was wrestling. And I watched him, and he was a real gutsy kid, and that's the way our whole family was. When we grew up, you know, we were taught to survive, and, and, and he talked to me when he was here, and he'd come over to my house, and he, he'd try to get me to do things that I see now that are right. 
And when I watched him go out with guys like the Road Warriors, and then he would tell me not to listen to Paul Ellering, and, you know, things just kept getting heavier and heavier. And then finally, last week, it became a little bit too much, didn't it? It became a little too much, Gordon. When I get to watch my brother, someone that I grew up with, and someone that I love dearly, being thrown around and tossed around, it just took something in my mind, and I clicked. Right here, they're showing it. In my mind now, I can't even say how I felt. But right there, the actions show how I felt. You know, it reminds me when we were little watching TV and watching things happen and watching people go through stages of life. Well, I watched the stage of life right here, and right then I was worried about my brother, where I had been worried about my brother since he'd been here. My mom gives me a call. My dad gives me a call. I never felt like it was me to be able to go out and to be able to produce and to be like this. I always thought that I had to do what was wrong to be on top. I always thought that money was the most important thing in the world. But money isn't the most important thing in the world. The most important thing in the world right now to me is my family. Road Warriors, I'm back. Road Warriors, I'm back to stay. I'm back with my family, and I'm going to be back. And we're coming after you, Road Warriors. So great setup by Gordon. Um, crowd, again, is all in on this turn. Uh, Buzz playing up his relationship with his brother, talking about leaving home early. Really good storytelling here. Even I, I do think that Buzz laid on the we used to do stuff a little bit. When he was a little boy, we used to do this. I thought it was a little thick. Uh, but what I loved is at the end, tells the Road Warriors we're coming for them. Uh, we're coming for the titles. So kind of setting up. Him and Brett are going to team up. They're going to come after the Warriors. Um, also weird in this is to hear Buzz really subdued. Um, he's normally very, very nuts on promos. So it's subdued's Buzz Sawyer. Very different from the Buzz Sawyer that I'm used to. So from here, we get the brothers reunited. And we have one more interview here that will submit the family reunion uh, with a guest that Buzz Sawyer does not know about that is in studio. So listen to this. We've an awful lot of letters from people up in the great Northwest section where you wrestled uh, for quite some time as uh, Brett Wayne. Uh, it became knowledge uh, to me, of course, that uh, Buzz Sawyer was, in fact, uh, your brother, and yet he seemed to uh, choose a different path to follow in, in life and uh, in competition. And uh, all I can say is that the recent turn of events, I think, have really made everybody extremely pleased to see that uh, this young fellow that I watched through his high school career, as I did you, and I watched him go on to the Nationals, I knew he had the great potential as a great professional athlete. It was only his philosophy that upset us, but apparently that's changed. Well, yes, Mr. Sully, that has changed, and my brother has reunited with me, and we're going to stick together forever. Well, I'll tell you something else, something you know about, but... Uh, Buzz don't. Buzz doesn't. It's a little secret. Yeah, somebody that you haven't seen for a while, Buzz. Somebody that you've, uh, I think, really have missed seeing. Let's bring out Gypsy Wine, if we may, please. That's right. Mom. Little mom, Buzz. I think that really, really makes it all worthwhile. Well, it gives me chills just to watch you, Mr. Soli. You know, it's been a long time, a couple years since they've seen each other, and uh, I'm just glad to have my whole family here right beside me. Mrs. Wyan, I, I can't thank you enough for being here today, and I, uh, I'm just about as touched as you two are right now. Thank you. We're all very elated and pleased. Well, I think... Turned out like it has. 
I think we got him back on the right track. And after watching him uh, in, in high school and all, it's just a real pleasure to see him back in, back in this kind of order once again. So there you have it. The family reunion is complete. Uh, the Sawyers are back. Uh, Buzz reunites with his mom. Uh, Gordon, <laughs> Gordon routinely, we got him on the right track. <laughs> Comments makes uh, Buzz sound like a recovery addict, which I guess in retrospect is kind of irony if you know Buzz's history. Uh, but yeah, uh, good stuff. So the brothers are officially back together. So we've really gone guardrail to guardrail. Buzz came out of this big feud with Tommy Rich. Uh, he is now reunited with his brother. He's broken away from Paul Ellering. Uh, he's talked about he's going after the Road Warriors, reunited with his mom. <coughs> a whole lot of stuff has happened in a short amount of time, which is really, really good st uh, storytelling. <coughs> so at this point, you've heard us bring up the Road Warriors a few times. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 1983. The Road Warriors basically had just debuted over the summer, and they had basically dominated since. Uh, you also heard Buzz say, like we talked about, the Sawyers were coming for them. So let's kind of talk about some dates here. So on the November 23rd Omni Thanksgiving show, uh, the Road Warriors, there was a $50,000 tag team tournament. Uh, the Road Warriors lost the tournament final to Tommy Rich and uh, Buzz Sawyer, which, again, probably at the time was a really, 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 really big deal uh, for all these guys to be reunited because – uh, or for Buzz and Tommy to be a team coming out of their blood feud. So really kind of good booking there, I guess, was really, really neat. <clears throat> uh, but Rich and Sawyer won. And this was a tournament that saw some pretty badass teams. And I went to look this up online. I couldn't find it. But Randy Savage and Madam T.A. were a team. Uh, uh, King Kong Bunny and Jim Neidhart. And uh, Ron Garvin and Jim Duggan were among the teams. So pretty solid stuff here. Um, on the same card, Brett lost a rematch. Uh, to Ted DiBiase on the same card. Uh, Ted DiBiase had kind of come into play and had beaten Brett for the national title on uh, November the 18th. So Brett lost a rematch. This is why he was not tag teaming with his brother. So here's where we go from here, which kind of takes us to the end game of this reunion as the brothers are set to face off the war with the Warriors on this uh, next show at the Omni uh, for the tag team titles. So, Think about this. Buzz has beaten them with Rich at Thanksgiving. Uh, and then they had uh, beaten Brett up uh, on the 11 6 show we had talked about where he teamed up with Dusty Rhodes and Buzz had to come carry him out. So this kind of sets up this Omni, the next Omni show, which is on December the 4th, 1983. Uh, it is announced that Buzz uh, will get the title shot at Ted DiBiase for the national title. And Brett and a mystery partner would face the Warriors for the tag team title. So we're going to go to that show. We're going to talk about both matches. So for the national title, Buzz versus DiBiase. So Buzz paces back and forth like a madman, and Ted slaps him. Buzz turns his back and pulls off his bandana. Ted talks shit, then runs away, but Buzz chases and kicks his ass on the front row. Back in, Buzz takes him down and slugs him out of the ring again with a stiff forearm. Back in again, and Buzz takes him down with a shoulder block. Um, then a leapfrog spot that seems to go a bit south as Ted leaps. And it seems like Buzz's head hits him a little bit in the groin area on the rope run. Uh, Ted brushes it off and bails again and complains to the ref. Back in, DiBiase finally catches him with a cheap shot and pounds on him to take him down. Uh, but Buzz gets fired back up, bites him on the ropes before choking him out in the corner. Buzz gets a long chin lock. Finally, DiBiase runs him into the corner to break, uh, where Buzz is busted open by hitting the post. Ted beats him up on the ropes, then drops the fist for two. Middle rope elbow gets two. Nice running drop clothesline, a la of, uh, think about the heart attack, Bret Hart. Uh, clothesline gets two. 
they fight over a suplex. A buzz wins that one out, but they collide against the ropes. Uh, they fight to the floor as Sawyer DiBiase. Um, as DiBiase gets rammed head first into the table at ringside, and it ends up being a double DQ. Buzz grabs a chair and sits back in it backwards, staring at Debbie DiBiase in the middle of the ring. They then fight some more. Ted goes to the back as Buzz poses for the crowd. Uh, this match was okay. Um, it was nothing great. It was a lot of stalling. What was good was good. What wasn't wasn't. Um, the crowd, there is zero doubt. Crowd is 100% fist uh, into and invested in this Buzz uh, Sawyer uh, face turn. Uh, Buzz says some things over the mic, and I couldn't tell because he sounded like a crazy madman. Um, I'll go two stars on this, but I know for a fact these two probably could have had a real banger. But pretty solid match. And again, it's cool. You know, the thing that's been cool about this pod so far is not only have I gotten to see Buzz Sawyer, but I've also gotten to see Jake Roberts. Now I've gotten to see Ted DiBiase, all in elements in GCW of uh, matches that I have never really seen before and a timeline I haven't seen them in, which is really neat. So this is going to take us to the National Tag Team title match. Uh, this is the Road Warriors versus the Sawyers. So let's talk about how this is had. This was advertised as a mystery partner. And as we said on the November 6th Omni show, Dusty was Brett's partner. Um, and on the last show here, we said uh, Buzz teamed with Rich to beat the Warriors in a tag team tournament for $50,000. This is really critical to remember as I take you through what happens um, as we go through this. So the Warriors attack Brett before the bell, but, but, but Buzz comes out and he's the mystery man apparently. So we'll talk about that in a minute. The Sawyers clean house and Buzz manhandles both Warriors in a ring and works on Hawk's arm. And these guys are really stiffing the hell out of each other uh, pretty hard, especially Brett, who has a cast on at this point on his arm, and he's clobbering both Road Warriors with it. Uh, the Warriors are pretty much dominated, which is a little crazy to see, especially here in 83. Uh, Animal comes in and tries to get some heat on Buzz, but Brett cuts him off with a forearm off the top. Finally, the Warriors trap Brett in the corner and get heat on him as Animal goes to a backbreaker submission and adds a press slam. Hawk gets a bear hug and holds that for a bit, but then Buzz tags himself in and slams Brett on Animal. Like, lifts him up like a press slam, throws him on an animal, and Brett gets the three count. Um, like, so out of nowhere. I mean, the match was at a good pace, but the ending came so out of nowhere. And honestly, the Warriors were dominated and kind of to lose this way with some really odd booking choices, um, which you're going to hear about in a minute. So regardless, the Sawyers are your new national tag team champions, beating what would become one of the greatest tag teams of all time. But... Apparently, that's not the only time this happened, because as I did some research to end this pod, uh, the end game was the Sawyers winning these tag team titles with the Road Warriors uh, to kind of put this whole thing to bed. Uh, the match was about two and a half. Uh, not the greatest match, but really a big, big deal here uh, with the Road Warriors uh, not typically being seen pinned. But now they've been pinned twice in the last uh, few weeks uh, with Buzz Sawyer involved. So let's talk about that a little bit. So here's the aftermath of everything that happened with the Buzz Sawyer face turn and the end game of both Sawyer brothers winning the tag team titles. So Buzz would go on to face Paul Ellering in a single match in the Omni um, at their Christmas show, and he would win. Uh, they would bring in Josh Ledoux to come in in January and kind of do that double of the butcher role a little bit uh, to go after Buzz. You know, this is what they do. They try to put all these monsters in front of the new faces. Um, and he would face uh, Josh Ledoux on both January 84 Omni shows. The Sawyers would go on to beat the Warriors multiple times all the way up through January 26, 1984, where they fought to a double DQ. Now, why is this match so important? Well, January 26, 84 was when both Sawyers, uh, that, this was their last GCW show. So 
Kind of surprising. I don't know if people would have saw it, uh, but here's what happened. So to piggyback on my comments earlier about how the booking was so off in that title match, here's what supposedly the deal was. So supposedly Buzz, uh, with this feud, had been named a booker in the territory not long before. And so in his booking, he decided that he was going to start beating the Road Warriors almost every night. And then finally the powers that be, to me, I guess that would probably assume Oli, uh, had kind of had it with Buzz's bullshit, and they fired him. So remember, the last match between the Sawyers and the Warriors, Double DQ, was on January 26, 1984. Buzz got fired. The Warriors got the belt back on January 28th, and none of this was ever explained or acknowledged on TV at all. The Road Warriors just got it back. In fact, based on Cage Match uh, website, the Sawyers, <laughs> this is crazy to me, Beat the Road Warriors in tag team matches and six-man tags in some form or fashion <laughs> 19 times between November 11th, 83 and January 9th, 84. So in two months' time, the Sawyers, be it in tag team matches, six-man tag team matches in some form or fashion, beat the Road Warriors 19 times. So this almost feels like, you know, where they say, hey, WCW, everybody. Uh, this is GCW, everybody here in uh, 1984, uh, thanks to Buzz Sawyer. So the two teams would meet again, but not until April 20th, 1985, and it would have been under the Pro Wrestling USA umbrella. Uh, the Warriors beat the Sawyers and retained their AWA tag team titles. So I guess you could say the Road Warriors got their heat back <laughs> 15 months later. Uh, the Sawyers would again reunite again for a cup of coffee like I talk about, Jim Cracker Promotions in 1985. And you can hear all about that over, like I said, on the uh, NWA Crock and Roll over on uh, the Place to Be Nation feed. Uh, we cover their return pretty in depth. Uh, there's a lot of eye. There's this big famous interview with Brett about the eye and why eyes are so like it's, it's just a crazy thing with the Midnight Express. But here's the thing. Again, it was very short lived. Uh, Brett and uh, Buzz lost pretty much every match they competed in the JCP. And they actually really lost because they lost the Loser Leave Town match uh, to the Midnight Express in September 85, um, and they were on their way again. They would team together in Japan in January of 87, and their last match together was literally in Japan on January 30th, 1987. That is the last time the Sawyer brothers ever teamed together. Uh, separately, Buds would go on and had some solid, solid short runs in the UWF, uh, world class in WCW until his death in 1992 at only the age of 32. And if you ever watch Buzz Sawyer in like this time frame, the dude is like Arn Anderson where he looks like he's eternally 40 because he's bald and he's all this. He looks so old, but he was only 32, which means he was 25 here in this time frame we were talking about. Buzz's last main event match ever was a Wrestle War 90 uh, where he and Kevin Sullivan beat the Dynamic Dudes. And then he had only two more matches after that ever. Um, and they were both in January 1991, and they were both two WCW house shows. So uh, Buzz Sawyer, pretty much for the most part, was done with wrestling in 1991. Uh, but yeah, pretty crazy. Brett uh, would also have runs in the UWF. He would also do Central States, Florida. And he even in WCW, where his last match in WCW was a loss to Sid Vicious in 1991. And then uh, Brett passed away actually this past September um, at the age of 63. So both brothers have passed away. Um, I would say the cornerstone for them as a team, obviously, is beating the Road Warriors. I mean, li literally, I mean, listen, the Road Warriors kind of extended their stay and really um, they ended up losing towards the back half of their career a lot. Uh, but 
in like if you could even think about the Road Warriors in 86, 87, 88, um, even into 89, even into 90, um, even into 91, 92, um, I guess where they really started to kind of lose a little bit uh, was probably more along when they got into their WWF runs. Uh, but for them to lose to the Sawyers is crazy because to me, I mean, listen, Buzz Sawyer is great, but Brett, he's just in 83 for them to be losing when he dominated and for all of a sudden then to lose in Brett so- Buzz Sawyer matches. The booking makes sense of who was booking it. And Buzz really did like 19 times in two month period. The Sawyers beat the Road Warriors when they were nearly unstoppable. Uh, just insane, just crazy, just kind of an added layer. So that kind of ends um, kind of what I was going to say is, uh, you know, after the battle, Buzz Sawyer, big face turn, only lasted a little bit over two months. Uh, and then he was gone and his career was really hit and miss from them a lot. Like he had some really good fuse that we'll actually end up seeing long term. Um, he went out to like a world class. He became a tag team champion with Matt Bourne. Um, he was a champion of Mid-South. Um, but again, the other thing about this pod tonight is we got to see early Road Warriors. We got to see Jake, Jake Roberts. We got to see Ted DiBiase. We got to see Abdullah the Butcher. So we had a lot of people at GCW. Uh, the other thing that was really cool here is how well Ole Anderson and Gordon Soley played their roles like as announcers. Like just telling the story being part of the story. Um, Oli especially was really shocking because Oli as kind of the sympathetic face. Uh, the best Oli is, of course, to me, is when he's in the Andersons and there's not a whole lot of uh, Oli loves you in the Andersons. Oli comes in to kill you. And for him to be, oh, I flew down and saw the mom and Gordon to say, oh, he's back home. We got him on the right track. It's just what a great use for uh, the announcer. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend going back and kind of watching this whole thing play out. I played all the audio clips for you, but some of the matches are really cool. Like I really enjoyed the Brett Wayne versus Jake Roberts matches way more than I probably should. The Road Warriors match, you should probably watch for a moment in time. If you watch the Abdullah match with Buzz Sawyer, you've probably seen that match of Abdullah a hundred times. But the whole storytelling of how this played out from literally the end of October all the way through January was a really, really good storytelling on so many levels. And I really, really enjoyed this watch. Um, because it's something you've never seen before, and it's been something you've never seen before, and you get invested in it. I was invested in this um, until the very end, and then when you read it after everything that happened uh, when they beat the Road Warriors and all the times they beat Road Warriors and House Show leading to that, uh, definitely puts it in perspective. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Territorial. I know I did. Uh, next month we will be back with another moment of history match story um, that. You know, we'll go back in the time machine and we'll take a look at. So where we land, I don't know as of right now, but we will see you on the next episode of Territorial. Thanks, everybody. Now he's leaving a life. He's come to know. Oh, he said he's going. Said he's going back to find. Well, he left behind not so long ago. Oh, he's leaving on that midnight train to Jordan. On the midnight train. Yeah. So he 
Be a star, star, but he didn't give up. But he sure found 